This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It was a kid, 15 years of age, walking home from school. Apparently, uh, mining his own beeswax had nothing to do with gangs or anything like that. Uh, Safiula Kozrawi shot uh, by allegedly another 15-year-old. And I was wondering at the time, how did a 15-year-old get the gun? What is going on? Especially when you've got people who are su- suggesting that, well, you know, if we take away the guns from the legal gun owners, it'll deter this kind of thing. Anybody still believe that? I guess the liberal government does, and Bill Blair, who's a point man on this file. Tony Bernardo knows about weaponry. He's the exec director of the Canadian Shooting Sports Association, and he's joined us on the line to address where we might be better served to uh, look into trying to deter this in other areas. Tony, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm very well, John. How are you? I'm fine, I, you know, but it keeps on keeping on. I mean, I'm perplexed. I'm bewildered. I mean, have uh, any sane folks uh, really <laughs> thought that a gun ban is going to deter this kind of thing? I mean, apart from the liberals, they seem to think that this is the answer to uh, the trafficking in illegal guns. Tell, tell them yeah. why they're wrong. I, well, I think, first of all, it's a matter of wishful thinking and unicorn fantasies. But, uh, you know, the, the, the gangs are getting the guns. They're getting them from a number of sources, but mostly the same sources that they get the drugs from. Going after people who have been lawful and they're licensed and vetted by the RCMP every single day is certainly not going to deter the criminal usage of firearms on the streets of Toronto. Not going to happen. So then here's the question, though. It's a broader sociological question, I guess. Where is the most impactful point in that equation of attempting to curb the gun and gang violence? If it's not gun bans, where is it? Well, I, I really think it's going to start with the kids. I mean, what, what are 15-year-olds doing being involved in drug gangs? And I realize that the victim, there's certainly no evidence of that. But apparently the perpetrator does have a history and is known to police. Um, the alleged, right. Does, yeah, the alleged perpetrator, yes. Uh, how, how on earth does a 15-year-old get dragged into the bowels of a drug gang so bad that they're willing to kill somebody? There, there's something really, really wrong happening at a fundamental level when these kids are young. Well, I would agree with you, Tony. I mean, there's no mystery that, uh, you know, 15 is not an age whereby a kid should be shooting somebody and... Uh, that they even come into possession of a handgun are already known to police. That's a scary scenario. So uh, when you say you got to get to the kids, you mean more social work, uh, you know, more programs for kids to put them on the straight yeah, and narrow? Yes, yes more, more deterrence of, of that lifestyle, I believe. You know, it, it, it's probably not a surprise to, to your listeners that 15-year-olds are not allowed to have handguns, <laughs> not under any circumstance. And, you know, people go through tremendous amounts of training and instructive courses. They are vetted by the police. And most people don't know that they're vetted by the police every single day under the RCMP continuous eligibility program. These kids never see this. And therefore, you know, impacting people who aren't breaking the law, who are lawful, who are licensed, it has no effect on on this kind of gang crime because it's simply not related. The two things are chalk and cheese to each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, even to the point where I, I've been frustrated into inattention on the file. If the liberals continue to persist to think that a gun ban is going to work, and, you know, even our local mayor uh, 
you know, I just shrug my shoulders, say, yeah, it's a fool's errand. I don't know what you guys are doing, but do they continue to persist? I mean, where do we stand at present with their uh, promoting a gun ban, both uh, here in Toronto as well as federally? Uh, give me an update. Okay, well, there's, there's a two-pronged assault going on. Um, the first one is the government promising that they're going to somehow bypass the Charter of Confederation and let municipalities, quote, ban guns within their own border. Of course, anyone who thinks about this realizes the only guns they're actually banning are the legal ones. Right. Uh, you know, the, the mayor of Toronto supports this because, quite frankly, he's proven himself unable to deal with the gang issue. Um, completely incompetent on this. The gangs keep growing, and they grow unabated, and all he can come up with is deflection strategies so that he doesn't have to deal with it. The other thing, the second prong on the federal level, is they're going after a whole bunch of, of rifles that are, again, used by lawful licensed people and almost never used in the commission of crime in Canada in any way, shape, or form. And they're going to go after those and ban them from legal law-abiding people who aren't causing the problem. And, I, and since rifles are almost never used in crime gangs, I really don't see what effect this is going to have other than to be punitive to honest people. All right. So the feds are floating this idea, but uh, as far as the legislation is concerned or proposed legislation, nothing's been tabled yet, has it? No, nothing yet. Right. I'm, I'm expecting we'll see... The first strokes in in March, probably a list of the guns they're going to ban. And it's apparently rumored to be extensive. Now, the the, the program, that this is on the rifles we're talking about, is literally reaching into the billions of dollars. Because while they're, they're promising $250 million in compensation, that doesn't include the collection costs of collecting the guns at, are you ready? Mm. 14,900 collection points across Canada. <laughs> Each one staffed by four police officers. Wow, what a make-work project. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. tis, tis folly, uh, you know, and this is the thing, because uh, I've told you in the past, I'm not a gun guy. Uh, it's not something that I have a passion about, certainly, but still, I think in this case, the government's barking up the wrong tree. Uh, that's a matter of record, as I've stated in the past, too. Tony, I know you are yeah. a guns guy. You're the Canadian Shooting Sports Association's exact director. Yep. Something else, just to walk back a little bit, you know, how do the police feel about what the federal government is promoting, I mean, a gun ban, or do they think that there are other impact points in the equation that they can address? Like, they want to get back to carding, perhaps. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, more engagement embedded in communities, would that deter? Do they believe, as you do, that social programs are the answer here? Some of the above, all of the above. How do the police that you talk to constantly uh, feel about this matter? From Vancouver to Halifax, the police chiefs have spoken, including the Canadian Association of Chiefs, and they've all said, universally, it's a stupid idea that won't stop gang crime. The money that they're spending on this could be used on real programs. Uh, You know, the Toronto police had the carding system. They were happy with it. It was working. It was being effective. And you notice that on the crime stats, the moment they stopped carding, up went the gun crimes again. So there, there are potential solutions if if the politicians would just listen to the police on this stuff. Yeah. Finally, uh, so what's the price tag? I guess the Liberals have floated. $600 million in that buyback scheme or something? 
Yeah, $250 million of it for compensation, which is, is just absolutely insane. A $600 million total cost, which, again, is not even close to this. And, and they're also talking about 250,000 of the rifles that they want to ban. But <laughs> one of the rifles they want to ban is a, a, a little rifle called the SPS Carbine. They've already sold 250,000 of them in Canada. We got the records. And that's just one. Mm. Like, they're, they're lying to the Canadian public big time about what the true cost is going to be. This is going to make the gun registry boondoggle look like a kindergarten class. Be interesting to follow that one. Uh, by the way, it was said that, you know, legalizing marijuana was going to deter some of this gun crime because the gangs would not be profiting and so on and so on. That really hasn't happened, has it? I guess they've shifted to <laughs> overdrive or other vice. No, they, it really hasn't happened. And, you know, you got to admit that it is kind of humorous that the only people in the history of the world that have ever lost money selling drugs has been the government. <laughs> Well stated. All right. Uh, so we'll wait to see. You're saying later on in the spring and March sometime, this is when the proposed legislation yep. will be tabled. All right. Yeah, they, they, they've said they're going to bring it in stages, so we'll see what happens. Tony, I appreciate your weighing in this afternoon. Always a pleasure, John. Take care. You got it. Tony Bernardo, Exec Director of the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.